The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. The one-two pitch, ball line to Yout, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air... Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history. Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center. He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well, and it's gone! Morgan a smash up the middle, base hit the center. Here comes Gomez around third. A throw and the Brewers win. The Brewers are moving on on a base hit by Nigel Morgan. Here it is. Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up, get up, get out of here and go for Yelich. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Year of Step Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast. Uh, Adam, the Milwaukee Brewers are the 2023 National League Central champions. They have clinched to the division. They've clinched to three seed. They will be hosting playoff games next week at American Family Field. Uh, it was a long season. It didn't always go maybe the way we expected, but pretty much... Uh, in terms of the regular season itself, the final result is exactly what we expected. The Brewers as division champs around that 90 win mark. They just crossed over the 90 win mark threshold today with a winner of the Cardinals. We'll talk about that series. We'll talk about clinching. We'll talk about celebrations and all that and look ahead to the final series of the season and begin to think about playoff opponents. But first, before I ask you how you're doing, I want to say big week for, for Milwaukee sports, big week for Wisconsin sports. We have a ton going on uh, at GSPN. I don't know if you heard. But the Milwaukee Bucks have acquired Damian Lillard. Just monumental news that I don't think any of us saw coming. There was a win in six Eurostep crossover podcast episode. Rohan Cotty, Adam McGee, Jordan Tresky got together and talked about that trade. Uh, win in six, making its solo return uh, to your podcast feeds, probably as you're listening to this. Um, and I say solo, but I don't really mean solo because there's a special guest involved in that episode. And also, finally, last but not least, 
Um, well, I guess maybe it is at least because of the context of where we are the season, but an early season battle between the NFC North opponents, the Detroit Tigers and the Green Bay Packers, or Detroit Lions, excuse me, uh, Lions, Tigers, Bears, oh my. Uh, well, they're playing here Thursday night football in a few minutes as we sit here recording this on a Thursday night. Jordan and Numak will have you covered with the recap there on Talk of the Tundra. So much going on across GSPN, across Milwaukee, across Wisconsin, across the Atlantic Ocean, across the East Coast of the United States as we factor in. But first, Adam, hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. It's been, it's been busy the last couple of nights. Um, I've been busy with book stuff. I'll be upfront about that. You had to do some some heavy lifting for me in the last episode. You might see a bit more for part of this one. I was not expecting the books to factor so prominently back into my life, but yeah, big, big splash. Uh, something that maybe we'll talk about like in a wider sense down the line, as it is interesting in terms of a Milwaukee franchise and what can be done and how I guess... Um, the idea of that continues to be reframed by what the books are doing. Part of that comes with, yeah, have you got a, you know, a homegrown superstar as such who you get in on early and you get to develop like Giannis, and then the other pieces fall into place. But really interesting, just and I think a real positive as for the city and for the state right now and for those teams, just like that, where the books are setting the bar. It makes it a lot tougher, I think, for for people to try and set the bar considerably lower. So I think there's something interesting there, and I think it's to the benefit of all Milwaukee sports. And the more the wider sporting world continues to fix its eye on Milwaukee, continues to fix its eye on the state. I will correct you on what you said earlier, because the Packers are never leased in Wisconsin. Just never. <laughs> uh, no matter if the team have started well, even if they hadn't, you know, Packers are never leased. I know this from years of experience. Um, but the Bucks and Brewers are doing everything they can to hold their share of the conversation. And the Brewers certainly play their part by clinching uh, with the help of, say, Suzuki and the Cubs, the NL Central title. A lot of people are panicking, you know, the Brewers stumbling into the division. Don't worry, they've ride that ship. Everything looks good again. Amazingly, maybe they just they really needed, you know, to let their hair down and have some champagne, have some beers because they've they've picked things up. And uh, even with kind of dead of the regular season lineups being trotted out there and um, kind of pitch limits of sorts for your starters and all kinds of things, they've they start to look like kind of the Brewers have looked for the past couple of months and shown some good stuff and got some wins. Where am I on all that, Andrew? Um, I think I, I spoke about this to you and to the rest of our GSPN friends. I didn't get the big cathartic release of winning the division that I think a lot of people got, certainly the players and the people who were in the stadium on the night. Because it's it felt like this is to the Brewers' absolute credit, because it hasn't been a guarantee all season, but it's felt like it was becoming an increasingly foregone conclusion over the past kind of month or so. And in addition to that, I just think they're playing really good baseball at the moment that they're in a good spot where I don't quite feel like celebrating a division title in a particularly excessive way because my expectations are a little bit higher and I'd like to go and see them at least win a, at least win a playoff series and we can take it from there, you know? Do that and then all the fun questions and the what-ifs can really start. 
I don't know. Is that me being inexperienced with this form of celebration and how it's part and parcel of Major League Baseball? That division titles mean something as opposed to, for example, a sport I've I've been talking about for much longer, the NBA, where division titles mean absolutely nothing. Um, but I, I, in my head, I'm kind of putting this down to, I just feel like the Brewers are are kind of better than this, as in they're really good. And yeah, it's it's not something that you just gloss over and don't mark at all. But also, I'm very ready for the playoffs to start. And I do think this Brewers team can prove something and give us all a bit of a kind of a fun ride for a couple of weeks at least. And who knows, maybe even some more beyond that. I felt a similar way until I saw the players celebrating. And then it was, for me, this kind of cathartic feeling as well. Obviously, I wasn't on the field. I didn't play in the games. But you know, I talk about this team twice a week um, from the end of March until hopefully the end of October is our hope most years. And then in the offseason, we're talking about them once a week. And I think the nature of baseball and it being a 162-game sport, and for the large part, every single day of the week, you're going into that ballpark, and it's all got to be about grind and process and blah, 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 that when you finally accomplish the first goal on your goal sheet, like first goal, getting the playoffs, second goal, NL Central, and I think it is notable that they did the save the real celebration for the Central because, to your mm-hmm. point, it was a foregone conclusion, and... This is a team and an organization now where the expectation is win the Central, get into the playoffs, give yourself a chance at a run. And I think that they definitely felt that they earned that celebration given the way the year has gone. I mean, I love to see just like South Freelick getting sprayed in the face uh, with champagne. Uh, Willie After your eBay, you're living it up, notably. Yeah. Uh, Josh Donaldson. And Rowdy Telez or Rowdy calling or Josh calling Rowdy his favorite teammate as he's dousing him with champagne after, you know, Adam, you and I like John Boy. We think it does a lot of great work. We we noticed, uh, I think we all noticed that he misread Rowdy's dry sense of humor on uh, foul territory and thought there might have been uh, a little more of a beef there than actually is when it's just like two guys that love to talk shit, talking shit to one another. That's just uh, the way Rowdy goes about his business and clearly the way Josh Donaldson does too, you know, as a Yankees podcast and a Yankees fan obviously he's got some scar tissue uh from Donaldson's uh parts of two seasons there so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that but obviously all of us that see Rowdy's interviews every day took that in a completely different way but yeah just seeing them all in the moment celebrating and being happy about what they all achieved together um and seeing you know you're seeing and all the articles in the aftermath about Craig Council and just how um his leadership and ability to connect with the players is really a key driver and kind of what uh, makes the Brewers chemistry and culture was, was all nice to see just wrapped into one package. And it's also just, you know, fun to see guys double fist in beers. So I think just the, the grinded out nature of the season is kind of why baseball has, has steered its way into making this like an every year tradition for teams that, make the playoffs um, just to have that one cathartic moment. And then you button your shirt back up and you go to work the next day and you focus on the playoffs. Yeah. And I guess in baseball, more than more than say the NBA, for example, your playoff experience could be over very, very quickly too. So it's, it's, you know, giving teams a chance to, uh, to recognize, yeah, some level of achievement. And that's what you've got to set out to do. And so much of that, as we all know, is out of your control in terms of, 
are you going to get the breaks? What kind of form are you going to be in when the time comes? How healthy are you going to be? Um, so I get it, but to me, I am. I will. I will admit it. I will reiterate it. I am still very much. I'm just ready. I'm looking ahead. I'm very excited to see this team play playoff baseball because I, I think they're ready. I think they're good. Yeah, I mean, me too. Uh, uh, one of the guys um, that uh, they talked to on that night was Mark Canna, and that was kind of he'll he you're echoing what he kind of said, which is like you know came in here, did job one, now let's go win a championship. As uh, as I uh, speak this to you, Adam Jordan uh, Tresky just shared in our group chat, um, Damian Lillard's text he received uh, from Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh after the trade, it says, let's get this fucking championship. And so that's, uh, that's our Brewers mindset as we go into this wild card series next week. Uh, we'll talk about the games. We'll talk about the celebrations. I'm going to do one thing that... I'm sure I've done on this podcast, but probably haven't done in a while, is I'm going to recap the end of a game that does not involve the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, wow. I might even do two because there's one. I, I will never. I'm not going to be mean about the other one. The other one I'll, I'll say because, you know, I don't want to put any ill will on on things. Be careful, be really interesting. Be careful what gonna you're putting a, out there in the universe. Going to be a really interesting matchup at AmFam this week. Cubs battling for their playoff lives. Brewers not really playing for anything other than to keep themselves in rhythm and potentially knock the Cubs out of the playoffs and then potentially had to have to have a day off and then play three more. Do we uh, want to get a news and note in there too, because it does speak to that, which is um, the pitching for this series is now Colin yes. Ray, TBD, Adrian Hauser, Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta have been pulled and will instead um, throw bullpens to just keep in their rhythm. I, I don't um, want to read into that too much. If the Brewers wanted the Cubs, though, for example, um, this would certainly be a way to open the door. I mean, you can't. The Cubs will have to walk through that door, and we'll see if they're able to. And maybe, as you're probably going to talk through, they've shown some moments that they might find ways to not walk through the door, to walk into the door frame even. Um, but noteworthy that the Brewers could have just killed the Cubs. Um. But I kind of feel better about this because in the last pod we were talking about the four days rest that was going to be leading in even for it was for Corbin, which I mean, Corbin did pitch today, but he only pitched four innings. Um, This seems like a more proactive approach of, okay, we've done what we've done. 90 wins are banked. Whether it's really factoring into do they care about the matchups? Who knows? We could speculate on that. But uh, certainly makes things interesting from a Cubs perspective, from a Marlins perspective from a Diamondbacks perspective and seeing how all those teams kind of battle it out, how things fare out and who ends wearing the shuffle. Yeah. Um, another news and note, um, which, which should transition us into that period um, of the podcast. Uh, Colin Ray is able to make this start because Trevor McGill was placed on the paternity list. Uh, Ray had a scoreless inning in this series against the Cardinals in game one's loss as well, so worked in relief, and now we'll see him return back to the starting rotation. Also, J.V. Bukowskis placed on the I.L. with a finger injury. Ethan Small recalled, um, and Small able to uh, uh, have a positive experience in the big leagues, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about in a moment. And the biggest news, Garrett Mitchell's back, reinstated from the I.L., Brian Anderson designated for assignment, a move that we had 
wondered why it did not happen three weeks ago. Nevertheless. But somehow here. they made us wonder kind of why it happened then when it did happen, which is incredible. Uh, so we'll talk. We'll talk more about that. Yeah, it's something. Uh, Garrett Mitchell, back. We've been saying we wanted to see him. Uh, Craig Council's quote was, frankly, we're debating Mitchell's spot on the roster, for the playoff roster, and we are using these four games to see if they provide any information as what we may want to do. Adam, some information has come out. Garrett Mitchell won for one with a double and a pair of walks in uh, in the final game of the series. So uh, had a couple balls, hit like right at him in center field, but made all of his plays out there. Like, you know, that's that's information to be considered. Uh, our friend Logan in the Discord loves to compile information and at least attempt to make presentations to the powers that be. I feel like Garrett Mitchell very successfully, you know, just dropped a few spreadsheets on the table. And I was like, you wanted information, Craig? Here it is. Uh, have a look at these hits. So very impressive, first and foremost. And I, we mentioned on the last part that you think he had hits in four of his last 10 at-bats. Uh, before coming back up to the Brewers. So he has certainly been trending in this direction, but immensely impressive all the same. At this point, too, Garrett Mitchell just seems to be like, oh, yeah, I am a big league ball player, and you put me here, and I am a level better than I am going to be in the minors. And that's kind of been his thing. It's like, in lots of ways, he he didn't project to be quite the guy he has looked like in the brief opportunity we got to see him when he is up. But every time he pulls on a Brewer's uniform, a different level of performance comes out. And I think even more so when he's a home at Amphan. Um, As we saw live and in person, uh, you know, no matter whatever happens to Garrett Mitchell's career, I'm going to thank him for a few things. One of them is being incredibly handsome. Great to look of at. Of Gary Hansen uh, back. Yes. Uh, apologies for objectifying you, Garrett. Just big fans of your game. Also, his dog doing zoomies in the episode of The Freshman that he was featured in, and then that walk-off homer in the Mets series with us in attendance that uh, had me had me high on life. Um, uh, Mitchell, I, did I in... cut you off? By the way, don't I don't want to I don't want to force you out of this. Make sure you circle back to what I assume was going to be Cubs Braves. Uh, late game breakdown was it was that what you're gonna do yeah uh not yet though that'll be no okay when you get there just i'm just making sure because i felt like i interrupted and i we should we should talk through that moment but let's not get too giddy on it i don't want to tempt fate here no 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 no, i'm not no bulletin board material coming this way uh but we will talk about it i'm calm i'm cool i'm collected uh the issue is i was i was looking for Garrett Mitchell's uh, conversation with the media after today's game, and I don't have the exact quote, but the uh, the the inference or kind of the cliff notes of of what he was saying is that in his five months not being able to play, he's watched more baseball than ever before, and I assume some of that means like tape of himself as a, as a major league hitter or uh, as a minor league hitter and whatever it may be, and has been able to kind of break down things about his his swing and his plate approach he said he's uh been able to slow the game down um i, th- I think it was kurt hogue as well or adam McCalvey who um was talking about how towards the the end of his tenure in 
Nashville, albeit very small sample, the the strikeouts had started to to dwindle, and obviously that's the, the big question mark everyone has about uh, Mitchell during his uh, limited time as a big leaguer is the high strikeout rate. Um, but if, you know, if that's something that's he's been able to kind of get a better mental approach around during his time off, and then he comes back into next season and is ready to hit the ground running, that's very exciting. Obviously, for now, the focus is on what he can do to help uh, the playoff roster. And even if it's not in an everyday starting role, because I'm talking about three at bats, two of which he walked, one of which he had an opposite field double. So I don't want to, you know, I have a tendency for hyperbole. Uh, even if he's not starting every day, a late game defensive replacement, a late game pinch run option, um, a late game pinch hit, whatever it may be. Um, he's a guy with a valuable skill set that is added back into the mix and seems to be focused on doing everything he can do to help this team. Uh, make a deep playoff run. And that's very exciting because even though we knew there was that kernel of hope when the first injury happened, I think it was on April 18th all the way back then, uh, we knew that he could return. But I don't know if we ever really believed it until the last month or so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's the thing is <laughs> Craig Council hasn't believed that. As, as we're getting to, it's a, this is prove a time and... Seems like it's happened. We can't ask for more than that. Yeah, Brian Anderson, obviously that thing. Uh, him just I don't know. basically. I... <laughs> like, it, it's it's only weird because we've talked for many, many weeks now about why is he on the roster? Why is he being on the roster for all that time? And really, throughout all of that, that has not been about Brian Anderson's ability as a baseball player as much as it just, like, his role is gone. And they clearly weren't using him um, we'd seen Andrew Monasterio come in and eat up his role. Then Josh Donaldson arrives. Obviously, the rookies and the impact that Sal Freelich has had, you know, whether it be third base, whether it be in the outfield, uh, bats haven't been there. And it just was like, okay, well, when are you cutting this guy loose? And then he was in the lineup in this series, and he goes on to produce a couple of hits. And everyone's like, oh, look at Brian Anderson. And part of me, like, you're not like, oh, okay, well, BA is relevant now. But part of me was like, you know what? There's four games left still in this regular season. What if Brian Anderson plays four games and he just hits the crap out of the ball? And he looks like early season Brian Anderson. What are you going to do then? And I said he's the guy DFA for, for Mitchell. And it's kind of like... Oh, I don't know. I I don't get it. Um, uh, I'm not saying it's the wrong thing to do. I I do have a preference in terms of where the, the moves could be made, but I I don't think this is wrong. It's just puzzling. It didn't happen sooner. Even from like BA's perspective, you're now cutting ties with him when the season is over, when he couldn't be playoff eligible. If there was a team who wanted to be like, hey, we could do with that guy, um. It's tough. I don't know. It doesn't it, it makes perfect sense, but also it doesn't make a lot of sense because it just has felt like the inevitable, but yet the way we've reached it is still kind of a little bit unusual. Yeah. Uh had a very not a sour taste in my mouth, but it's just like you know, kind of weird. It's like I hope the it's champagne weird. tasted good. Uh 
great job at the plate yesterday. Go look at the pretty flowers and then it's done. Even <laughs> even with that though, like when because we, we had this conversation, it was I was framing it around Weimer at the time, who's been a part, like a much more central part of the brewer season overall than Brian Anderson. And it's like he was sent down to Nashville and he hasn't been, you know, part of this soaking up opportunity with the brewers, soaking up champagne with the brewers. It's like Brian Anderson was still around to do that, but yet you're not even rewarding the guys who've done more or who you may still ask to do something. Like, there's just something there that just doesn't add up. It's just weird. It's plain and simple. It's the only way you can put it is it's weird. Five homers and an 8.05 OPS uh, through the first 30 games. Uh, we'll always have April. We'll always have that Met Series BA. Uh, so appreciate you for your service. And now... Now we must motor on. Uh, Adam, was there anything else I, I missed kind of around the edges? or I feel like there probably is, but I think we've we've got to the most important stuff for now. Yeah, so uh, I'll remind I, myself about uh, there's, five there is, after we hit there end is, on this call. There is one other thing, one other thing, because you mentioned that you forgot to mention it on the last podcast too, which is that Craig Council said the Brewers – uh, we'll roster 12 pitchers um, rather than 13 pitchers for the start of their playoff run. Yeah, so, that so is that's, uh, true. That's, that was, it was, that's uh, yeah, something uh, McAlvey had mentioned in his playoff FAQs. Uh, kind of just like par for the course for, for that wild card series. Um, first game of the series was the most jubilant, but it ended at a loss. Uh, so here we go. Onto that on the mound for the Brewers, Adrian Hauser. Um, on the bump for the Cardinals, Miles Michaelis. Brewers score first in the third. Carlos Santana doubles to score Christian Yelich. That makes it one nothing. And uh, then in the fourth uh, is where things would get a little bit off track for Hauser. Uh, Richie Palacios double scores Lars Newbar and Tommy Edmond. That made it two to one. Um, then in the fifth, uh, they would get a another run on a Mason win, uh, sacrificed into a double play. Uh, Kisner, Andrew Kisner scored uh, for mean, was thrown out at third. So uh, kind of an interesting play there that netted the Cardinals another run. Tommy Edmonds solo homer in the fifth as well makes it four to one. Uh, there was kind of a a weird uh, play in, in this inning, uh, which is the one I was – or even before, I think, the run scored um, – Fermin grounded into uh, a fielder's choice at second. Uh, Bryce Terang made an error. It was a ball that had Terang gloved it cleanly. He would have turned an easy double play. Like he was running towards the bag as the runner was stealing. The ball was hit at him and it took kind of an in-between hop and he, I think he just kind of misjudged it. So Hauser could have been out of this uh, game after five uh, down just 2-1. Instead, the, the win uh, double play uh, that scored another run, made it 3-1, and then the Edmund Homer makes it 4-1. So Adrian Hauser, for his part, five innings pitched, uh, just the two earned runs, uh, four runs in total, two walks, five strikeouts. So uh, enough on a day where luck is in your favor to get the job done, but uh, not when the team's not going to score runs and you're going to get some hard luck ground balls. Uh, Miles Michaelis goes seven, five hits, uh, one run. It was earned on the Santana double, two walks, five strikeouts. Drew Verhaeg and Ryan Helsley closed things down. But uh, this was not the most important game of 
the day, Adam, that game was taking place in Truist Park in Atlanta, a place where I had the three worst days of my summer uh, this year, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Cubs needing to pretty much win or definitely win every game to stay in the NL Central race, and even then it wasn't going to be good enough if the Brewers eventually won, which they did two games out of three in the series against the Cardinals. But, uh, yeah, they got off to a very good start against the Atlanta Braves. They held a late lead. Two runs in the second, two runs in the third, a run in the fourth, a run in the sixth. They're up 6 nothing after the top of the sixth. Braves claw back at a Kevin Pillar homer uh, to make it 6-1. Matt Olson single scores Ozzy Albies to make it 6-2. Marcelo Zuna double to left scores. Austin Riley makes it 6-3. Then in the seventh, best player in baseball, guy's going to win the MVP. Ronald Acuna Jr., uh, homers to right to score himself, and Sean Murphy makes it 6-5. Then, uh, you know, they still have the lead. Cubs still clinging to the lead in the eighth inning. Drew Smiley pitching in a high-leverage situation. Uh, Fly ball by Sean Murphy into right field. Saya Suzuki closes in on it. Should be a routine out. Drops it, Matt Olson, force wall score. Braves go up uh, seven to six. Rizal Iglesias eventually closes things down. The Cubs lose, blow a six run lead, and the Milwaukee Brewers are National League Central champions. What a way to do it. Uh, what a way to do it. Weird play. Weird play uh, from a weird player to make that play, too, to make that mistake. I don't know. I'm reluctant to bask too much in the joy because we could see the Cubs in a few days. I mean, we are seeing the Cubs, but we could see them when it really matters too. And I, I don't want to tempt fate too much, but I mean, it doesn't really matter if it was a win or a loss. This thing gets decided over the course of 162 games. And what, to that point, that was 157 games have been played. You know, sometimes the ball breaks your way, sometimes it doesn't. And that factors into it, and that's a case where the ball didn't break the Cubs' way. They lose a game against the best team in baseball. Um, if ever there's a team where it's easy for one to turn and get away from you, it, it is Atlanta, and that's what happened, and there's the outcome, and kind of so be it. Brewers have had some ugly I... losses, too. It, it doesn't, you know, first loss of the season, lost this late in the season. The reality is they all count the same in the standings. Um, but yeah, you know, it's the moment that sealed it, but also no more so than any other moment that led to a Brewers win throughout the entirety of the season. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm going to get to the celebration, but I want to correct myself on the uh, Cardinals third run uh, that Hauser allowed because I was reading the the play-by-play notes and trying to kind of do my uh, normal recap. And the wording of some of their stuff like made my brain melt. And I was like, I do not remember this double play scoring a run. This was the play Mason Wynn sack fly uh, was the one where uh, Sal Freelich uh, recorded the out, caught it, and then gunned down for Mean at third base. So, yes, it was a double play on the sack fly. But uh, the wording made me forget the great work done by Sal Freelich there to gun the runner down. So apologies there as my brain was melting. Yeah, and then we see... Uh, as that's happening, the Brewers uh, clubhouse crew is scrambling to get furniture out of the clubhouse, scrambling to get uh, plastic wrap up so that the champagne celebration uh, can occur. Um, yeah, you, you said it like you said, um, Admiral Uribe looks like he's having the time of his life. Uh, Hobie Milner talking about the end of the Braves Cubs game. I witnessed it and we were just kind of in shock, like, oh, my God. Everyone just kind of freaked out, and you can see all the clubbies swarm the room, take the chairs out, and pull the tarps down. So it was it was almost like uh, a grounds crew awaiting a storm, you know, in ballparks that have chosen not to have roofs for whatever reason. Um, as they scrambled to get the the plastic tarp all over the clubhouse, um, like you like I said, we got Josh Donaldson making quips to Rowdy about online discourse. Uh, we've got uh, Christian Yelich being uh, uh, interviewed by Sophia Minert. Uh, Yelich said, they're always different. I don't know if we expect to do it this way, but you know what? Anytime you can win the division, you're not going to complain. It's been a battle all year. This group has definitely faced our fair share of adversity. Uh, so yeah, everyone dousing themselves in champagne. Brewers clinched the division and the three seed. I don't know if we, uh, had anything more than that. Cause we kind of talked about the nature of celebrations, um, earlier, but yeah, the way it happens, Saya Suzuki, you know, a guy who has really torn the cover off the ball for the Cubs late mm-hmm. in their season. Uh, just having to have that moment happen, you know, hate it for him on a personal level, but was really, really enjoying it in the moment myself. What what does that say about me? I don't know. I, I will add one other thing on the celebrations, and that is that I continue to see a great joy to see any images of Bob Uecker soaking up those kind of moments with the Brewers. And I think everyone is very aware of Every season could be his last, and there have been rumblings that this may well be his last. I mean, the man will be 90 years old before next season begins, so I, there's certainly no one will be blaming him. No one would want that to come to pass, um, but just such a legendary figure in the game of baseball and so central to everything that is Brewers baseball, that getting to see him soak up those moments, getting to see shots of him with Yelly pregame, shots of him just loving every moment of the celebrations after the fact. Uh, that's the good stuff too, because that really kind of like Euchre is the thing that runs as so much of a constant throughout what Brewers baseball is. And it's why 
he's so beloved because he's what ties together, you know, what being a Brewers fan means to Brewers fans. Um, but he's also someone who has got to build up these relationships with players over the years and has been through the ups and the downs and has been there to soak it up. So seeing a high moment again for this team and seeing Euchre at this stage in his life and in his career, really enjoy it. I just remains uh, a real trill. And something that you, you even see like um, the MLB on like their social media channels pushing out and fans from all around the game like eating up every bit of it so just a, a really really cool thing um that it's it's great that is like right at the heart of brewer celebrations and brewers culture as a as a team and an organization and you know the man who is as central to milwaukee baseball and baseball beyond that even as his nickname suggests it may not matter in the standings adam but they played two more games in this series and we're going to talk about them and there were two wins, so it's nice to, after the celebration, they they came out to the ballpark. Uh, these lineups are often called the hangover lineups, and uh, there was a degree of that. But, you know, you also had, uh, you, you know, you had plenty of uh, plenty of firepower in there to get the job done. William Contreras, no days off for him, riding a hitting streak, uh, played in every game in the series, but did get to DH. So, you know, a day off for the knees. Uh, Brewers with... Uh, Wade Miley on the mound, facing off against Zach Thompson. Uh, a Mason win, sacrifice, fly to center in the second, scores Lars Nupar. Um, That makes it one nothing. Cardinals. Wade Miley goes five innings, six hits, one run. It was earned on the sack fly, a walk and two strikeouts. The end to Wade Miley's regular season. And what a regular season it was for Miley, a guy who pretty much came in and um, gave everything that you would have hoped on when you signed into that deal as a 36 year old back half of the rotation starter, a guy to go out there and give you innings when he's healthy finishes the year with 120 and third innings, 314 ERA on the year, uh, 1.14 whip, which I think is a full season career low for him. So great work by Miley, um, goes five and dive here obviously is, uh, you're not going to overextend anyone in this situation. Abner Uribe comes on in the six allows, um, a run Luke and Baker scored on a wild pitch. Uh, Rebay would end up getting out of that inning, did record two strikeouts. In the sixth, the Brewers fight their way back. A Tyrone Taylor um, double would score William Contreras. Uh, Tyrone Taylor ends up uh, getting to third on a throwing error by Richie Palacios. Tyrone Taylor's base running and just the extra mile hustle he's been showcasing the second half of the season has been great. That was on full display in this game again as well. Uh, Rowdy Telez then grounds out into a fielder's choice that scores Taylor to make it two to two. Probably the biggest development from this game. Yoel Piamps comes in in the seventh inning, one inning, no hits, no walks, no runs, two strikeouts coming in, looking like himself. We were speculating that obviously the workload has a lot to do with probably why he struggled. Um, but the reason he's in this game tells me he has probably been communicating to the staff that I need to work through something and figure it out. So, like, don't shut me down completely. I need some reps. And he went out there and he did it. He looked good. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that. Obviously, uh, still want to limit guys' workloads in the last series of the season. But even if he comes into a playoff game and it, and it goes awry because it's that's playoff baseball and things happen. It was nice to get one more look at the old pie before we go into uh, this three game series. 
Yeah, I mean, it applies for Devin, too. Like, and just we haven't seen Devin and having to go through a little bit of some adversity and just work it out like you would expect of him. But, like, uh, Piabs in particular, I talked about it on the last pod. It's like, I want to see two, if we could see two good clean outings from him before the playoffs, the value that would have would be off the charts. I think it applies for the bullpen overall. I mean, obviously, your starters, that's a very different story. But... Uh, there are guys who just need reps and they need to stay sharp and they need to continue to kind of build their confidence. And I'm not overly concerned about, you know, anyone going out and being the wrong side of a blow up inning. And, oh, my God, it's going to tank their confidence. Like the Brewers guys who are good, they're good. So as long as you're confident, everyone is healthy, you're not pushing anyone beyond what it is. Like, who knows what this final series ends up looking like. But I don't care if the Brewers are down 10 nothing in one of these games. Like, if if that's your chance and you get UL Piam some more work that's going to help him on the path to being the best version of himself for the playoffs, like, let's get him out here. It was good to see. Um, I mean, in this series, it feels like, obviously, Trevor McGill was out of the equation on the paternity of this, but it feels like we saw pretty much most of the Brewers relievers otherwise um, even some other guys who are unlikely to factor in there let's keep it that way let's see some more good performances from the bullpen because they are the, the group that I don't think you just want to shut down the best of that because you've got some questions I mean the other thing actually we didn't mention in using notes it seems like Elvis Peguero is going to be set to come ah, yeah. back probably against the Cubs so you absolutely don't want to push him too far, but you also need him to pitch. You need him to go out there and pitch. And I think, you know, take that with it. And even if that's just a matter of you're picking your game and it's obviously less situational because the score is not going to be the be all and end all. You've hit 90 wins too. Like it really, I don't see what the milestone for the Brewers is at this point. Um, But is there any harm in a game where it's like, okay, it's, Piguero's getting the seventh, UL's getting the eighth, Devin's getting the ninth, and just set that in stone before you go out there and let those guys go to work and put up three scoreless innings, regardless of what the score is overall. Like that's that would be my view of it at this point. I don't think the bullpen need to be shut down because a lot of the most important guys are actually they're underworked and there might be more risk to uh Hey, Devin, we need five outs from you in this high-intensity playoff game, and we need you to come in again the next night or the night after that and do similar when he has hardly pitched for, like, three weeks. So I don't think work is going to hurt those guys at all, and particularly with Yoel. God, I'd love to see another performance like this one, and then I think we could start to feel good about him again going into the postseason. Yeah, Devin, a guy that you know in the playoffs and and in the regular season, will will we'll come out for a four. I sell you say, smirk. We'll, we'll I set to. you up for this. <laughs> Bob Melvin's like, what? <laughs> it's allowed anyway. Uh, Jacob Barnes on the mound for the the Cardinals seventh inning. Brian Anderson steps to the plate, leads off the inning with a double. Matthew Liebertor then relieves Barnes. Uh, after a Bryce Strang pop out. And a Sal Freelick strikeout, Bill, uh, Bill Contreras, Wild Bill, as he's known, as intentionally walks, and uh, Tyrone Taylor's two out, double to center, scores Brian Anderson, makes it 3-2 Brewers. You talked about bullpen, Adam. I want to talk about this inning because it wasn't comforting, but damn, was it entertaining. 
uh and you were right on our off-air conversation as i'm as i'm reading back through these notes uh andrew chafin on to pitch the eighth high layer high leverage andrew chafin inning just the most exciting 25 pitches in sports let's see how many pitches he actually threw in this outing uh 21 pitches 10 of them for strikes uh uh on the mound leads uh the inning is led off by jordan walker he singles to right luke and baker then walked oh no here we go again uh gets one you pass to uh, to pop out the second large new baller uh ground ball to rowdy over at first uh chafin gets handcuffed on the throw over everyone's safe uh bases loaded so baker on second newt bar on first jordan walker on third uh Lopez then comes and runs for Luke and Baker, who again I will say reminds me of like a strong man at a county fair type of um vibe to him. That's just what Luke and Baker reminds me of. Maybe he plays like right tackle at Nebraska or something. Um, shout out talk of the tundra. Then Herrera to the plate, uh, a catcher who had had uh quite a difficult time defensively in this game, thought he was gonna get his redemption moment, instead grounds into a double play, uh ground ball to rowdy. Throws it to short where Bryce Terang fires it back to covering the bag. Andrew Chafin making a stretch uh, like a left-handed first baseman. Hair flapping in the wind. Manages to get himself out of trouble. Uh, can't say I want to see any of that in the playoffs. But this oh, is what I, I mean, come... I do. If we're going to see him, I, there's going to be trouble, Andrew. So whatever he's going okay, to do to get fair. out of it, you know, I'm, I'm here for. But this was the exact type of thing I'm coming to for these games that don't matter. Like I've been talking about the Rowdy Tellez, Colin Ray piggyback game. Like this is the sicko shit that I live for. And I really love just that full circle moment. We just saw him botch a play at first base and then he comes through as the hero. I was just giggling on my couch. It's, it's, I I guess it's the good stuff. It's certainly something, um, I'm going to tip my hat to him again. He's stringing together effective performances. Is it pretty? Is it stress-free? Absolutely not. Um, That is also true of some of the better Brewers relievers. Devin, we've given him a lot of credit. He's got better at it this year, um, but has historically been, you know, prone to, oh, I'm going to make this as stressful as possible, but actually I've got this. Don't worry. Um, The most important thing is just, Zero earned runs, and uh, Andrew Chafin has turned something around, found a bit of something lately. Like, it is possible that we do see him get himself in trouble in the postseason, and I say that because I don't think we'd see him and see him not get himself into trouble. But he wasn't finding ways out of it, and also, I'm going to knock on wood and I'm going to whisper it, the kinds of trouble he's getting into now are different than they were a few weeks ago. Um, the ball is not just exploding off of, you know, the hitter's bat and basically out of the stadium. And if you can keep the ball in play, certainly progress. You know, good things can happen if you can keep the ball in the ballpark. And that has been a change. And like going back to what scares us so much and what has been part of the ups and downs on that, it, that was the problem with Matt Bush. Matt Bush couldn't keep the ball in the ballpark. So, you know, different types of trouble that Chafin has been finding himself in. But guess what? They're trouble that you can work out of, and he has been doing it. So 
I will give him credit again, and I will take some stressful playoff chafe in action if it results in him getting out of it, which has been happening lately. So let's hope that that's the trend, because honestly, they could do with him. Like, this is why the trade was made in the first place. They could do with him being good. They could do with him being someone who could give them a scoreless inning in a big game. Uh, he's going to be pretty low down my list of guys I'm going to want to go to for that. He may be bottom of guys who are actually rostered. We'll see when that happens. But if the guy who was last in that list has been pitching well lately and not giving up runs, I'd feel a lot better about that than I did just a small period of time ago when it came to him just blowing up every time he went out there. The listeners can't see me, but I looked over my shoulder uh, when we were uh, just starting this conversation. I was doing my Matt Bush impression before uh, Adam actually mentioned Matt Bush, just watching a ball fly out of the uh, the stadium there. Um, let, let's see. Um, you you don't know about this yet, and it doesn't involve you, but like there there may come a time right before twenty twenty four where I need to have like a better background as set up as I'm recording. And I think I'm just going to get like a watercolor of Andrew Chafin covering first uh, to be one of the featured prominent uh, items there. It doesn't involve um, me. What's what's this new podcast you're setting up that you need a better background for? Don't worry about it. It's not wow. important. Uh, wow. <laughs> Adam, you, you don't need another podcast, Adam. Uh, you, you spend all your time. On I Zooms. definitely don't. Don't worry. That wasn't uh, what I was volunteered for. But anyway, um, Moving on to the final game of the series, Devin, after Devin, I got myself distracted. Devin Williams uh, gets a line out and a strikeout to start the night, walks Mason Wynn, walks Tommy Edmond, but then he gets Jordan Walker to fly out. So first time we've seen Devin in a while, as you mentioned, puts two runners on. But uh, all's well that ends well. Uh, good to see Devin get himself into trouble and get himself out of trouble. You know, like, we, like you said, uh, some guys need rests, some guys need reps. And... Uh, Devin was one of the guys that needed some more reps. I mean, I, I'm fully confident in him, regardless being able to lock in. But like, just by the nature of those games, he just, was just not pitching. So, what are you gonna do? Um, shall we move on to game three? Let's do it. Final game in the series: Corbin Burns on the mound for your Milwaukee Brewers for the last time in the regular season this year, and uh, Burns allowed five hits through four innings, uh, no runs, a walk, four strikeouts. Uh, goes over the 200 strikeout mark for the season. Uh, it was an up and down year for Burns, but again, he when the Brewers needed him to because of uh, injuries they're dealing with um, in the rest of the rotation, uh, with Woodruff going down, obviously Eric Lauer's injuries and ineffectiveness. Hauser missed some time. Uh, Corbin, uh, Wade Miley missed some time. Corbin being the the uh, I don't want to say rock solid, but being the constant in the rotation was was important, even if it wasn't what we come to expect from him. So he ends his season uh, with 200 strikeouts, a 3.39 ERA. Um, did not get over the 200 inning mark this year. Was it 193 and two thirds innings after throwing 202 innings last year? So that's about uh, one game of workload. 32 starts this year, 33 last year, uh, and he will on those four days rest, as we've noted, start game one of the, the National League wildcard series against team to be determined. Um, Brewers scored in the first inning. Christian Yelich leads off with a double. William Contreras with an opposite field single to right makes it one nothing. In the third, Yelich 
uh, after Garrett Mitchell steps to the plate and in his first at bat back after not seeing major league action since April, opposite field double. Um, Christian Yelich's single scores Mitchell to make it two nothing. In the sixth, a Willie Adamas double play uh, scored Carlos Santana that made it three nothing. Brewers were one for eight with runners in scoring position, left nine on base, grounded into four double plays a day. So they were getting guys on, just not always getting them in. But that was enough because of Burns' aforementioned performance. And then Julio Tehran, there goes that man again, warms my heart every time he tosses up zeros. Four innings pitch, just one hit, no runs, no walks, four strikeouts. Um, great bulk relief work from Tehran. And then Ethan Small, back to the big leagues. Uh, I think we've seen him in a game once this year. Was it against the Giants in an absolute smackdown against the Brewers where they lost 16-1? to Does that sound familiar? Uh, pitched three, uh, three innings, five earned runs, I think, was the outing there. I don't have his page pulled up, but I'll go double-check that after this. But uh, records the first two outs uh, of the inning in the ninth. You know, he's out there, gets a, a pop-up uh, by Palacios. Strikes out Yepes swinging, walks Andrew Kisner, walks another batter, and then gets Mason Wynn to pop up to the catcher, William Contreras. Brewers win. Ethan Small nails down the save, the first of his career. The first, I, I probably, I, I'm not looking at everything he did last year. I think he, did he only make that one start last year as well and then was never heard from again? Uh, the only yes, stress-free so. or, or stress outing of his career, even though it did get a little stressful, two walks, but good for Ethan Small. A guy that we had high hopes for last uh, last year, and uh, as we've noted on uh, podcast previously, was probably more due to the overall quality of pitching prospects in the system. Nevertheless, uh, good to see Ethan Small have a nice moment. Um, I've got you that never, game log. You up. never know, uh, Andrew. That's that's also the part of this. I mean, our expectations definitely are in a very different place now. But you never know what might be the spark for him to kind of reset and find something and. That's a nice thing that he probably got a chance to pitch again. If he could go and put in another good performance and not give up a run. What a great springboard to have to go into your off season of work and get yourself ready to come back next year. And then who knows, maybe he could take a leap and find himself a, a steadier bullpen presence, which I do think is probably the way to view him at this point. Yeah. Uh, 318 RA for Nashville in 38 games, only two starts, three saves, 51 innings pitched. Uh, 61 strikeouts. I don't have the walk right here. Um, obviously that was a uh, a big issue with uh him figuring it out as a starter. But you do never know uh what you'll need in the bullpen on a year to year basis and how people will flow in and out of that bullpen on a year 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 to year basis. So you know maybe Ethan Small turns into something in the pen for the Brewers or someone else. I found that <laughs> that game against San Francisco, 15 to one loss. He pitched three three innings, uh, nine hits, five runs, all earned, uh, five strikeouts. So this was much better than that. Sure was. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Uh, I've got some assuming... news. To, oh, yes, go ahead. Um, I, I, are you done with that game? Just because it's not like uh, emergency crash in mid. You can wrap the game. but No, I didn't have anything else to really add. You know, the runners left on base is a, a bad thing when you're seeing all those double plays, but also encouraging for the team con- continuing to create chances for itself. So that was nice. Tehran mentioned him. So I think I'm good. Um, I'm not holding dear to it, Adam. But uh, so you can you can do what's next. Well, just it might be a development in terms of what the Brewers um, starting rotation looks like for the rest of this series, because we had that uh, TBD in the middle of it. Um, I had seen one of the beat reporters note that Caleb Bushley was around the. Is it Bushley? Do you know? Am I around that? That's how I would say it, but that does not mean that's how you know. America says it. I think it's Bushley. He did not start any of the games that I attended this year, so I didn't hear it over a loudspeaker. And the voice of Bulls PA legend Tony Rigsby. Well, he's around the clubhouse and in. Well, looks to be, I think it's an Instagram post from the Hortonville Baseball Booster Club. Uh, <laughs> they put out big news. Congrats to 2011 Hortonville grad Caleb Boosley. We have been informed he got the call up and maybe the starting pitcher or out of the bullpen for the Milwaukee Brewers in tomorrow's game against the Cubs. Caleb is living proof that hard work pays off. Tomorrow's game at home against the Cubs starts at 7, 10 p.m. Um We'll see. That's I'm crazy not, that I missed that because I normally have their notifications on. I and... see. I I just thought you must have been looking at your phone. Um, I wonder is their information good and is he actually? It would be much more logical if he was being slotted as a starter for Saturday's game, which is otherwise TBD. Um, or maybe he is just going to be a bullpen guy tomorrow. Or he's not on gonna, the 40 game, have, right? He's not, which is interesting. Um, there. I mean, there are people on the forty man. That's maybe a news a note we didn't touch on. Oh yes, uh, I have one <laughs> particular one. Jesse cool. Winker's around. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, like Craig so... Council was like, "Yeah, we're having a look at Jesse Winker." I was like, "God, have you not seen enough?" Um, or like, what has happened down the chain that you're like, "Yeah, let's do that." Again, it would kind of be tough for a veteran player at this point in the year, but also like that is one that if not for him getting injured at the perfect moment to extend his rehab stints multiple times, feels like he would have been gone. Like just so maybe that's it. If they're just like, hey, we need someone to start. We want to preserve our bullpen arms. We don't want to stretch our bullpen for a full game. Uh, We need to add someone to the 40, man. Maybe that happens. I do. I maybe I'm wrong. I don't. I'm almost certain he's not on the forty man though. Let me pull that up. The one I'm, the one I'm looking at right now, you um, on the Brewers website does not have him there. I don't have the brain cells remaining to figure out what the move would be to get him on there. But maybe you know. maybe Hortonville's information is bad. Like that's possible. 
I'm just they've never let me down in the past, online. which is crazy. So the fact that some beat writers had said he was around the clubhouse though would suggest there, you know, there's some smoke there. There may be fire. Like Hortonville, Jeff Passon, those are like the two I generally sure. like go to. Heyman and Nightingale much further down the list. Ken Rosenthal just lives to be like, you know what? The Brewers are having a nice day. Here's who I'm might pre- leave you. I'm pretty sure Hort- Hortonville is who had uh, Otani clearing out his locker first, right? Yeah, yeah. Hortonville, they got that. Um, and then they were also really early on like the rule changes and things like that. So um, like months before people were even talking about like discussions being had, Hortonville had that. Um, no disrespect to Hortonville. Uh because that's a very nice post about a. It like, is. A it's human, a great post. Yeah. A human being achieving. I hope we get to see so, a pitch. So do like, I. I'm so looking I. forward to it. Hopefully he's good. Like, because that's what, a cool uh, thing too. Just uh, like on the in? on the Eaton Small, I have no idea. Um, just on the Eaton Small element, like because we've seen him have terrible moments, and that sucks. You worked your whole life, and you're getting the chance, it just hasn't worked out. Like him going getting the uh, save that rules, like on a human level again and that's like someone who looked like he was on one pad and is now very much on another and fighting to be someone who could have a big league career like you went out you did your job you got your save hell yeah that's great like these are the kind of fun things you see in all sports late in the season too where it can be fringe guys get an opportunity and you know what some of them go and they show out and they they show something that whether it's the Brewers or whether it's other organizations, so it, it lasts. And the next year, someone goes, yeah, I see something there. I want to see more of that. So cool human stories, but also like the possibility for for something else as well. I mean, a Wisconsin native making his major league debut uh, in the final series of the season against the Cubs is very, very cool. Uh, and he's almost 30. And is I think wait holy shit his birthday's in three days. <laughs> I can't think of a better birthday present on your birthday weekend than to make your major league debut. I hope this information is now right. Oh, so Hortonville is in Wisconsin. So shout out if we've any Hortonville listeners who are like, God, these guys don't know where it is. Shout out to you. We apologize. Uh, I thank really, you for your downloads. Really, really, really wish editing was easier. <laughs> Because uh, I'm very concerned about a bit that has gone wrong. What? You raised your eyebrows at me? I don't know if it's gone wrong. I just feel bad about uh, making all the jokes feel about bad. Being, than being newsbreakers. It was, you know. <laughs> we're, we're shouting out Hortonville. They broke the news. If this is true, they broke the news. The people of Hortonville will laugh. They'll understand. I love the people of Hortonville. I all our Hortonville there. listeners. You know, let let us hear from you. I mean, uh, the population is two thousand seven hundred eleven. Wow. I have zero zero doubt they all listen. Uh, or if they don't, they will all be listening. You know, in the coming days. So, uh, I'll look um, for for Hortonville, which, by the way, out in the you know the Fox Valley neck of the woods. So maybe we can get like big time Ty when he's you know back from doing big time things and dressing like DJ Khaled to go and do some big J journalism down in Hortonville. So, Kale Boosie, let's go. Let's take care of some business and we'll go from there. All love to the people of Hortonville and to their endeavors as newsbreakers. I'm a man from a small town. 
I love. Oh, that sounded that not 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 in the Jason Aldean way. Not in the Jason Aldean way. Uh, I just want to reiterate that. But just you know, uh, I, I've said too much. I've said enough. That's me in the corner. That's me in the spotlight, losing my religion. Uh, I hope we get to see a Caleb Caleb Bushley start on Saturday. Adam, shall we move on to the Master Brewer leaderboard? <laughs> I, I think we definitely should. Maybe more so than ever. Uh, shout out sports. Uh, Corbin Burns, uh, not a long outing, but, you know, d- did a great job. And Workhorse of the Year award goes to you, Corbin Burns. Uh, Wade Miley gets a beer, similarly a short start, but does his job. Devin Williams comes in, gets a save after being on uh, out of action for a while, not via injury, just via uh, circumstances. Uh, Yoel Piamps gets a beer for looking like himself. Julio Tehran for some dynamite relief work. Bryce Wilson throws a couple of, uh, or one and two-thirds scoreless innings. Andrew Chafin for his high-wire act and him getting himself out of it. Ethan Small for his first save. William Contreras' hit streak rolls on, hits in every game this series. Carlos Santana, good series. Christian Yelich, uh, good series as well. Garrett Mitchell returns, goes one for two with a double and two walks. Rowdy Telez picked up hits whenever he was in. Tyron Taylor, Great base running, big game-winning double. Josh Donaldson, a double on two walks and a limited action. And a farewell beer for Brian Anderson in the Caratini special. One game, goes two for three. Leaderboard through 159 games. William Contreras leads the way with 35. Devin Williams with 34. Christian Yelich with 28. Willie Adamas, Joel Piams, and Corbin Burns with 25. Hobie Milner with 24. And uh, yeah, gspn.substack, that should go out. Uh, sometime mid morning tomorrow, once I've had my coffee, I've uh, you know checked all the local trades and things of that nature. I got a question because this is a decision we didn't have to actually work out last year. Um, what's what? Sorry, I zoned out. What's the gap at the top there? One beer. Is this a regular season award or is this a whole season award? This is a regular season award, and I think we do a postseason one as well. All right, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. Just want to clarify. So, yeah, it's all coming down to the final series. One beer in it. Let's see what happens. Uh, I guess let's look ahead. Yeah, we uh, already kind of did that, we um, but did. we'll do it again. Uh, Cubs are coming to town. I before that, I kind of want to set the scene for what's happening with the Cubs. They're down five one to the Atlanta Braves. Mm. They continue to just like hemorrhage losses. And another another thing I wanted to point out, it's like just like how in bad a way they have been going into the series and just like how hungry I expect them to come into the series. Um the the game yesterday, did you see that? Um No, I didn't. So two days ago in I think it was in the tenth inning, in the ninth inning, in a five-five game, Ronald Acuna Jr. steals his seventieth base and like removes the base. I did see this. I saw this because of William Contreras. Yeah, and then they play like a mont highlight montage. Like they take like a break during the middle of the game, and then the Braves end up winning Ozzy Albies walk-off single in the tenth. Like <laughs> I, I gotta say, uh, given everything at stake. Like, it's crazy to me that that happened, but I also, I'm like, I'm like both, both sides. It, it also both should happen. This. No, it should happen. Like, 
it's that's a Cubs problem, right? The guy did something historic. You want the Braves and Ronald Acuna to just be like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. We're going to put this history on the back burner here because I thought you know, everything was fine, but the highlight video is weird. Stopping the game? Like, we people have gotten pitch clock violations because the crowds were giving them like, uh, thunderous applause so this had to be like mapped out beforehand that if this happens this is going to happen i just found it strange i i just it's a unique achievement and i i think yeah you're right maybe it goes too far but that's like baseball does this better end like that's history and you've got to get that moment so you have that moment forever and it's like this is the sport where i feel like that matters more than any other it's like yeah guess what cubs you are not the story here and you're not the story for a good reason and uh, like conversation I've talked well, myself into the Braves not having gone far enough. Blooper should have been in a helicopter and skydived down <laughs> and given Ronald a plaque. Uh, someone had sh- should have gone and pied David Ross in the face. Like, I just... All I, of it. You know, it's kind of... I think it's a really bad look, and the Cubs have been doing plenty of whining. They were doing... David Ross was doing some whining lately, too. Again, I'm listening. I'm going to bite my tongue to some extent here, because who knows... When we see them and what stakes, um, like be better if you don't want stuff like this to happen. It's like, yeah, guess what? You are like you are second on the bill, if even that, when you go to play the Atlanta Braves in Atlanta at this point in the season, they're doing very big things. You are doing your best to miss the playoffs. So, yeah, historic moments. They're gonna celebrate it. I don't think you're in a position to be like, oh, this is... The the clip I just thought was... I saw the Cubs broadcast clip. Uh, John Boy tweeted out, and I saw it because William Contreras tweeted six laughing emojis in response to it, which is what a king. What an absolute king. I like John Shambi, but I thought that was hilarious to just see the meltdown they were having on, on it about mid-game. Like, come on. Shoe on the other foot is always the thing you've got to think of here. It's like, I I know Remember, how partisan broadcasts could be in U.S. sports, and there's always this element, and you've got to play a certain way, or your fans, your your viewers will get very angry. And I think this is always part of the problem. Um, I'll never quite forget when, you know, Gus Johnson was doing his stint with the books or he'd parachute in for a few days a year and you got one of the most prominent national broadcasters uh who is definitely an acquired taste but i think is undoubtedly like he has got a unique flavor that he brings to it and it's like he is a professional big time broadcaster he's content your game feels bigger book sounds used to get so angry at him getting excited about plays for the other team so so angry and i always think about that because i couldn't understand it i was like but this is part of it. They're your audience. You want to stay on air? You want good ratings? You got to keep the whole fans happy. Maybe that's part of what happens with the Cubs broadcast yeah. there. But Shambi just... uh, was on uh, Baseball is Dead today, and I was listening to that, and they had him on. They, I think they just called him randomly, and he answered the phone. Um, but he's he knows the guys. Um, but he was like, you know saying like you know i i think it's cool actually like blah 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 blah. he was just like going on like i did but he was like and to your point he was like if if i didn't do something like that and word gets back to the cubs fans in truest they're gonna barge in on the broadcast booth and like bring me out on a rail or something well see that's like 
it doesn't make me feel any better knowing that what I just said is right. Like that's bullshit. No, you're spot on. That's what I said. It's just it's bullshit. I don't like come on. You like can't be better than that. And it's just like giving the Cubs another excuse or reason to whine. It's like, yeah, you gotta understand you're playing a juggernaut team. Um you a guy who's gonna be an MVP and he's just grabbed his own slice of history. You know, this game has been going quite a while, Andrew. There aren't too many feats out there that are like go and gettable um in any given season for, for most players who kind of step on a field. So yeah, go go do something no one else has done. I think it deserves a moment. So uh they should have timed a rocket launch from Cape Canaveral with Ronald Acuna Jr. jersey uh colorway on it, almost like a NASCAR paint scheme, and timed it with that. Uh is I I, I want to play and beat the Cubs, uh, but I don't know if they're gonna let me uh, with how this is going. Um, I the Brewers will have a lot of say in that. Um, but the that, Brewers... like, do the Brewers want to play the Cubs? Is that what we're? Are we seeing some of that in the decisions they're making too? Is there? Because in making those decisions, I mean, even if it's not the conscious decision of give us the Cubs, the Brewers are saying, yeah, we're good with playing the Cubs. Like, they're not saying, let's go out there and bludgeon this team to make sure we don't have to play them in the playoffs. They're like, we've got bigger fish to fry. If it's the Cubs, ha. it's the Cubs. Marlins are big fish. Possibly, possibly um, fish. Uh, so back to where I was. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I can't resist a bit. Um, yeah. Uh, down 5-1. They got to run you did, not, you did answer me, though. Do you think... Like what? Oh, what there's way? a question in there. My bad. It was a question. It was. <laughs> what? What? Like it has to factor into that decision making process one way or another. Like you're, if you're not actively being like, we want the Cubs. You're very much, and you're signaling to the Cubs as well. Of yeah, we don't care if we play you. Look, this is Woody's not pitching. Freddie's not pitching. Show us that you can make it. If it's you, it's you. We don't care. Uh, yeah, I think it, to as you said, it's like a a passive understanding of that because I think it's more about okay, we're not getting Corbin the fifth day of rest that we normally get, but we can control more about the type of rest and the type of ramp up Woody and Freddie get, so we have this luxury. Let's do it. I think that's ninety five percent of the calculation there. But like you said, whether you you say it or not, um. I mean, it's true that they clearly, you know, wouldn't mind it. And at, at this point, that might not matter. It's a crazy thing. The Marlins yeah, might in the tiebreaker. They're tied in the standings as these games go on. Uh, the, the Marlins, Marlins are tied with the Mets still. late. Yeah. Um, tied with the Mets late. And so if they go a game up, like that puts them in a pretty damn good position going in to facing the Pirates in the last series of the season, a Pirates team that is not playing for anything other than the joke that me and my friend have about how Pirates fans are the luckiest ones in baseball because the goal is just 75 wins every year. If they get there, they, they get to throw a parade. Um, have they reached 75? I know they were close. They won today. That, that's that. They won today. Is that 75? Unless, if, let me refresh. Unless they've won since we started the podcast. Um, they are... They are at 75 wins, yes. Wow. I, I need to send my friend a bottle of champagne so he can uh he can celebrate. Um yeah, so 
we'll see how those results shake out. Like you just know to if if that was the Diamondbacks and the Brewers had a chance to put them out of the playoff picture and not have to play them in the wildcard series. I kind of feel like Woody and Freddie might be pitching. There's certainly a, a better chance of that. You might they might only pitch three to four innings in a Corbin yeah, gray, think... but you at least would say, yeah, yeah, okay, let's get those four innings and we'll we'll do that as opposed to just having them throw bullpens because maybe we care more about trying to control that element of our, our postseason fate. I think the health of Woody and Freddie over the last two seasons are being weighed into this heavily sure. as well. So yeah, that's a good point. If they were pitching against someone they were like yeah we don't want to see you next week so we're gonna try and beat you now um i I still think it would be like the handled delicately as as we say um so friday september 29th 7 10 central start uh colin ray on the mound for your brewers uh espn has kyle hendricks now for the cubs um saturday tba maybe caleb bushley a guy that uh would really love to see pitch Big fan of his uh, against Jordan Wicks for the Cubs. That's going to be a 6-10 central start. Um, Sunday, the finale, 2-10 central start, which is annoying as hell for podcasters that uh, have to, you know, navigate several time zones, but that's fine. MLB, that's fine. Uh, Justin Steele on the mound against Adrian Hauser. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pro that start time. It's it's Ryder Cup Sundays is a good week for that start time for me. If it's not for you, we'll talk. About oh yeah, yeah, Ryder Cup. I, I forgot about that. I approve of that start time. I'm more of a one ten central guy on a Sunday, but that's just me. Sun, well, Sunday first, single Sunday singles, Adam. We'll get those watches as well. Well, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be soaking up celebrations, so I'm sure. Um, the thirty year rod will go on. I think that's it, Andrew. That's all we've all we've got. Uh, we've got one more of these to do, and then it's playoff baseball. Uh, we'll see how exactly how that will go. I mean, we'll announce our plans to you down the road. I guess we need to see the schedule and see exactly how things are going to pan out. But you can be sure we are going to have you covered every step of the way for the Brewers postseason run. Um, you can expect everything you get from us throughout the regular season, and honestly, more. So we are very excited about it. We hope all of you are too. If you're listening now, you probably already noticed, but you know, make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast, cruising for bruising. Uh, we'll have all your brews, uh, postseason needs covered. And then also, you know, like beyond that, we'll have your off season needs, big off season, lots of questions. We're here. We're the place for everything you want to hear talked about. And then some like Hortonville, uh, surrounding, Walkie Brewers. They're my they're my people. I feel a kinship with them now. I think I, you know, next next trip we make, we need to visit Hortonville. Maybe do a live show in Hortonville. It's like I've already got my, next, I've already got my next trip planned. Don't don't you worry. You could greet them, tell them, listen, I am from a small town too, uh, and we could go from there. As you let off with a pro, people should be checking out. Talking to Tundra for all things Green Bay Packers. Uh, the game is ongoing. Hasn't started great, but listen, nothing stopped Jordan Love last week. However it pans out for the Packers, you will know by now. But also, 
Newmark and Jordan will have broken it down by the time you're listening to this. So make sure you go and check out their post-game conversation on Packers Lions. Lions, not tires. Um and your sub podcast network, the main feed for all things Milwaukee books. Andrew mentioned it. There's the emergency podcast breaking down the literary trade in detail. Myself, Jordan Tresky, and Rowan Cotty. There is also the latest episode of Win at Six, which is an interview. I will reveal you didn't say the name, but you know, by the time this is out, it's fine. It's with a former assistant coach, Mike Dunlap. So some great talk about Milwaukee basketball, about winning a championship and his whole fascinating career. Long time listeners will know he's a favorite of the pod for his Twitter presence. We even talk a bit about that. Yeah. Uh, listen, listen to that one. Uh, Adam, I don't know if you just said this because I was spacing out. Talk of the Tundra is going to be fiery tomorrow. You guys need to listen I... to that. I, I did, but I said, listen, you know, things weren't looking great last time out, and it turned around. That's so, true. Uh, the Cubs are rallying. Oh, uh, okay. Well, listen, we don't need to worry about stuff like that. We worry about the Cubs at a later date. Um, last but by no means least, also subscribe to Make Time for This, place for all things movies, pop culture. We will have, uh, we haven't had a pod in a little while. We will have one. Probably will drop on Monday. Um, on Wes Anderson's collection of Roald Dahl short films, the first two of which, three of which, which I mean, this are already out on Netflix, all on Netflix. That sounds like something interesting. Go check them out. Go with Sandra and I talk about them. And then later next week, um, we will talk about Stop Making Sense, the greatest concert films of all time. I think that's it. Yeah, that's everything. It's been a busy week. Busy weeks to come. We're ready. We're, we're in postseason four. As always, thanks all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Adam. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.